Welcome back to Finding Wilder, the podcast. My name is Michaela Jean, and I am so grateful you have landed here. I created this podcast as a safe space to share stories of intuitive living, spirituality, creativity, dreams coming true, miracles, and so much more. One of my greatest goals in this lifetime is to remind one another we are not alone in whatever it is we are going through. To me, finding wilder means living a life that is led from the heart and intuition. It is easy to get caught up in what or who we think the world says we should be. I'm passionate about sharing stories that prove to one another that when we find our wild, listen to our hearts, and trust in something beyond ourselves, we begin to witness miracles unfold all around us. I'm here to share experiences from my own life and the lives of those who inspire me along the way. I hope you remember how worthy you are and that your dreams can come true. Thanks for being here. Let's dive into another episode of Finding Wilder. All right, welcome back to Finding Wilder. This is episode 54. I am Michaela Jean, and today on the pod, we have Amanda Stroney coming in from Kauai. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm so excited to just be here with you, um, sharing this conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm excited too. And just like chatting with you beforehand and getting a feel for what we're going to talk about. I'm really looking forward to sharing more about your story, the work that you're doing in the world with people. And I think we're going to have a really good, really good chat. I am going to let you introduce yourself just however comes naturally today, because I know you are a multi-passionate person in the work that you do and what you love to share in this this journey of life so i'm just gonna let you take it away and share a little bit about thank you who you are yeah thank you i love that and um it's so funny because i know like we we talked about this before but it's so hard i think to to describe yourself like to create a little bio or a little description of who you are and i have a little bit of aversion against like titles in general you know Mm -hmm. like our attachment to them so it's it's one of those things where i think we can you know, we can find a way to describe what we do and who we are um, and not having what we do be who we are, right? Like it's that fine, fine, fine line. So um, I am, you know, I I do work with people as as a coach um, and working in the, in to help people um, with their beliefs around finances and money and to work past those layers within themselves to to help themselves overcome any of those blocks because i believe it's really can be the foundation into their relationship back home to themselves so a lot of the work that i do is really in building trust within yourself that is like my number one thing when i work with any of my clients is to really understand how to trust yourself again like deeply trust yourself your intuition who you are what matters to you and to then have your money be a replication of that have what you do in the world be be what's inside of you Mm -hmm. um and so the work i do can sometimes be in the form of meditation you know i do have a really strong meditation practice um and that is really really important to me i'm very disciplined and have been in that practice now for six or seven years and have and make it you know it's a it's a priority for me it's you know every single morning it's part of my routine 
Um, and I work with a meditation teacher as well um, in, in just enhancing my own practice and understanding a little bit more of where I can move that forward. So I do work with people in meditation too. And I also teach yoga and yoga for me, I think was my way in to spirituality and the, you know, I did my yoga teacher training seven years ago, I think now. Um, and it was my way into spirituality. I had been in the corporate space for a long time and I knew that I wanted something different. And that was my step in the door it was like the physical practice of yoga. And I felt something different shift inside me on my first yoga retreat, doing my yoga teacher training. But now for me, the, you know, the meditation component, the stillness, the concentration, the contemplation is so much more than the physical practice. And I don't teach that much anymore. I teach a few classes here in Kauai and in, 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 in studio. Um, and it's fun for me, but it's not um, really where I want to put a lot of my energy. Um, I enjoy, you know, doing it once in a while and it weaves in and out for me. Um, but it's definitely not not my direction that I'm moving myself in. And so, yeah, I think that's a little bit about, about who I am. I live here in Kauai. I chose to like relocate um, my life and I just recently got married. So now, you know, I'm in this beautiful partnership that feels really loving and supportive and something that I've wanted for a long time. And that is really important to me and, and really a priority, um, you know, as things shift and change in my life. So, um, yeah, those are, those are, I think, are the things um, that I would say about myself. So cool. I know I want to talk more about your move to Hawaii. And I know we were mentioning a little before how it kind of looks like you, from the outside looking in, it looks like you moved to this beautiful island and everything in your life just became <laughs> perfect and aligned. Yes. <laughs> so I, I want to... Like a fairy tale. <laughs> like a fairy tale. I want to dive in more to that, all of that and all of the everything that went into creating the life that you have now in Kauai. But before that, I just want to step back to meditation and yoga and stillness. I am a huge, huge proponent of stillness and silence. And I find that almost all of the answers that we're searching for do eventually come to us in silence and in stillness. And it is the most potent place to hear our intuition, feel our intuition, taste, smell our intuition, um, whatever form it comes through to us, stillness and silence has always been it for me. And uh, meditation and yoga are two pillars of stillness and silence, or you could say that the other way around. But yeah, what was it? You come from a corporate background. What was it that really drove you to find meditation and find yoga in the first place? I think you said yoga came first. So like, yeah. how did it find you? It's interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I am hundred percent. I love what you shared. And I agree that, you know, the practices are, it's like, I feel like you need to have a spiritual practice in some way for yourself, you know, to, to understand that, you know, I think it's like, you know, being, understanding that we, we, we are spiritual beings, you know? Um, so, um, when I came into yoga, it's interesting, you know, I practiced yoga and I've always been big into fitness and my body and, and, and I've struggled, like struggled a lot of my life with 
with the body image, you know, with like how I look and exercise for me was an addiction. You know, it was a pure addiction of working out as much as I could. I did yoga because it was, you know, I did Bikram yoga for a long time because it was hot. It was 90 minutes, you know, you sweat out all the toxins, like, you know, they say you can lose weight doing it, like all the things, right? So I did that and I felt better, definitely felt better mentally, but I also was doing it for the, I was definitely doing it for the physical. Um, and still battling this whole, like, not feeling good enough about myself, always feeling like I was not thin enough, like I was not, you know, I was not thin enough, really, that was my core belief. And um, when I went on my first yoga retreat, um, and it's interesting, because I was, you know, in the corporate space, and then I actually was in a long term relationship, we were engaged to get married. And I ended, we ended that engagement you know, and when I did that, I had moved back in with my parents and at like 32 years old. And I was like, okay, here I am like feeling like a total hot mess. And then looked online for a yoga retreat. Cause I was just like, I started doing yoga at a studio and I was like, I want to do a yoga retreat by myself. I want to go somewhere by myself and do this. And I found someone just randomly online. And she was actually a psychologist who worked with specifically women and, and young girls that had eating disorders, um, body image issues. And that retreat like was really a catalyst for me because it was just the most amazing, one of the most amazing experiences of my life, just opening up to the movement in a different way of like actually feeling my body, actually tuning in and understanding how to go inward and have like that integration. And then we also were able to dive into some of the body image things. And I was able to see so deeply the connection between my addiction to movement and my body and tying those two together. And so, you know, jumping forward, you know, I ended up doing my yoga teacher training and when I did my yoga teacher training, I really got into like for a while, I just did yoga for a couple of years. And I think that helped me to start to heal some of my body issues, you know, to let go of the idea that I needed to be doing like more exercise or the more exercise I did, like the better it would be for me. And it was really healing for me. And I didn't really do meditation as much like during my, I remember during my yoga teacher training and when I started, I would meditate for like five minutes just in the mornings. And because we did it during our training, and I would do it, you know, every day, five, 10 minutes. And then I started to build onto that. Like I started to add on more time. I started to do like 20 minutes and then 30 minutes. And then I just realized, like you said, the benefits of the stillness and the longer I was in the stillness, the more beneficial it was. So the longer I could be there and not be interrupted coming out of that, I just had much more patience, much more acceptance and much more clarity to, to my life and my choices and my decisions. And I could definitely feel that shift within myself. And so over the course of that, a number of years, like, I feel like I just stayed disciplined in the practice. And that's one thing that I think is really helpful is to just be disciplined, even if it's only a couple minutes, even if it's only five or four or 10 here, whatever, but I stayed disciplined and I, and now it's like, I can't not do it. Like it really isn't something that I can, I don't compromise, you know, and even coming in to this partnership, this relationship, um, you know, that was a big thing for me. It was like, this is what I do in the morning because I meditate. If you want to join, 
you know, I would love that, but this is my practice. And, you know, now we meditate together, which is so beautiful and something that there was no forcing. It was more of an invitation of, if you want to try this, like, you know, see what you think. And, and, um, but now it, it is that, that time that we can be together and meditate in the mornings and have that, that like morning practice, morning ritual. Yeah. I love that. Do you think there was a version of you in the past that wasn't able to say your needs like that? Because I talk to a lot of women, especially in relationships where they hold on to a lot of guilt for, especially when relationships start to get serious or they move in together, there's a lot of guilt to like, oh, well, I really miss my like alone time or I miss my morning routine. And I know it took me a long time to get there in relationships. And I know my last long-term relationship, it was within like weeks of knowing each other. I was like, just so you know, I wake up and the first thing I do is spend time by myself and I meditate and I write and I have my coffee or tea. And that is me time, like solid, like hour to two hours, like non-negotiable, like take it or leave it. And I know Mm -hmm. a lot of people and past versions of myself as well, like didn't know how to do that. And would you say Absolutely. there was a version of you in the past too? And like, what do you think? I would say there? that, yeah, a hundred percent. I would say that. And and it's interesting because in my last relationship, you know, I feel like I was shifting it's, and I didn't know how to express that because who I was when we first met wasn't who I was as we were yes. progressing in the relationship. And a big component of that was, you know, alcohol, like he drank a lot. And I was like moving in this direction of like, I don't really want to drink. And I didn't know how to say that because I felt like, if I did, it would ruin the relationship because really that's what our relationship was built, a component of what our relationship is built on. And so I do think I silenced myself and the things that I wanted to do. Um, you know, I remember at that time I was trying to meditate and it was like, you know, not having someone that's supportive either, or just having someone that sort of makes light of it or may, or jokes about it. I think there's a component of that where it can feel like, okay, why am I doing this? You know, they don't really appreciate it or value it. Um, they don't have respect for it. You know, they're not respecting. I don't necessarily need them to do it with me, but like it respect that I'm choosing to do it. So I definitely think I did. But I think like you just said, like through my own self-awareness and my practices over the course of these last like five to six years when I've been single or dating, you know, and, and I've learned that if I don't say who I am up front, it's just going to be really hard to say it, you know, afterwards. And so I want someone to know exactly who I am. So I really try to be as in integrity and authentic as who I am. And that's what I did, you know, walking into this relationship. It's like, these are the things that are important to me, like with, with alcohol, like for a long time, I didn't drink alcohol. And I would tell people that right away, like, I don't drink. So if that's a problem, like, it's on the table, here you go, you know, or like, even now, it's like, I don't drink that much, you know, so if you are someone that drinks a lot, we're probably going to run into some issues. So I'm not asking you to change. I just want you to know where I'm at mm-hmm. so that we can either meet, you know, together or it's not going to probably be a thing that we can pursue. Yeah, and I think just being so crystal clear on like not only who you are going into a rela- a relationship or in any given moment, but also like coming back to this concept of um, like identities and like being able to like shift into new versions of yourself because we're changing. We're always changing all of us. And this crystal clear on like, Hey, this is who I am. And like, is there room for me to like 
grow here and have space to like change and evolve also because going back to like you know if you're with a partner who's making fun of your meditation practice or doesn't value it it's like okay but like that shouldn't really impact you if you're that crystal clear on like what is right for you because you're either going to be like okay this is I don't need to gain my validation from you so this is who I am take it or leave it and I know obviously there's more to it it's not just like you 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 leave somebody because they (laughs) because you're so crystal clear on like who you are and it's easy but like at the root of it all like if we are crystal clear on like who we are and what we want then we shouldn't be seeking quote unquote shouldn't be seeking validation from others approval absolutely yes a hundred percent that is so beautifully stated and it's true like in anything we shouldn't need that validation and when we find ourselves looking for that it's something to question Mm -hmm. but and i and i also think that you know in your in your intimate relationships respect of someone else is so important you know to understand someone else and what they do and you don't have to participate or want to do it too but to respect and and know why someone is doing it and be able to be with them in that space to explain it i think makes a difference you know makes a difference and i think it's relationships are challenging because of your point that we do evolve and we do change and so you know, if, if someone can't meet us in that evolution and change, it's hard to say like, this isn't working, right? Like that is hard. That's like a hard place to be. Like, I know I was there when I, as I just explained where it was like, okay, when we met, it was really great. And I was this person and now I'm not that person anymore. And those aren't the things I want. And you don't want any of the things that I want. And now I'm 32 and I'm supposed to be thinking about having children and starting a family. And now I have to think about starting over Mm. and, you know, and everyone's going to say, well, what happened? You know, what does that look like? And, you know, didn't you know, or like, didn't you have any like idea? Of course I did, but you know, there's a part of me that pridefully is like, doesn't want to rock the boat. Like, and and I know that people listening have experienced that or maybe experiencing that right now. It's like, it's not easy to change and to walk away from things. It's, I mean, I spent a long time in grief and sadness from that relationship, like really dark times, you know? And, And I don't, you know, looking back, it's like I I had to walk myself through that and it's hard and it's painful. And it, I don't care what point in your life you're at, you know, people have all different circumstances, but I think it's really important, you know, to be really honest with yourself because that is where your healing starts. You know, when you follow the place in yourself that is at, that is your real truth, it doesn't mean it's going to be like perfect on the other side, it just means you're making steps towards the things that you really want for yourself. Yeah. And I think people have been, people are in that same situation, you know, like I just, I hear you at that, you know, I'm, I'm 32. I'm supposed to be starting to think about having kids. And in that, you know, I, I hear that. And I know that people are in that exact position to, like debating whether they want to leave a relationship or not, but people are also feeling that at, 18 at 27 at 36 at 41 you know forever and ever and yeah it's it doesn't make it 
whatever age you are or wherever you are in your life, there's going to be its own, it's going to come with its own set of quote unquote excuses for why you desperately want to stay. Oh, we're just going to college. We should stay and figure it out. Or, you know, where he just got this job opportunity, like we should go, you know, and there's always going to be one of those quote unquote excuses for clinging and staying. And it's hard to leave somebody you love and care about or are just codependent with. And yes, (laughs) you nailed it. I mean, it's hard. It's really hard. But I would say that it's worth it, you know, to be honest with yourself. And you, you know that, you know what I mean? Like, you know exactly what I'm talking about, you Mm -hmm. know, and anyone listening that has stepped up and had that honesty with themselves and said, you know what I mean? I have to be honest. Like this isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. Um, Because you know, you can choose to stay in it. But I think that there, I, I do feel like those re, repercussions of doing that come in the form of things that, that we we hold within ourselves, like emotionally, you know, resentment, shame, guilt, those mm-hmm. feelings that then turn into physical feelings, you know, physical ailments, you know, and then it all becomes, the longer we hold and wait, you know what I mean? It's harder. You know, it's so much harder to change the less often we do it, the less risks we take, you know what I mean? The harder it is to do something different. Um, And so I also think it's important to be compassionate with yourself and to not beat yourself up for not doing it, Mm -hmm. you know, because everyone is, I do believe everyone is, is on their path in their own way. And so it's taken me a while to really, really feel this with people when I see people and I can just see their pain, you know, and their struggle and, or like a relationship, for example, and say like, why are you with this person? You know what I mean? It's so clear to like everyone that you shouldn't be, that you would be so much happier and to hold compassion for them that like their process is their process. They're going to come to this place when they're ready, if they're ready. And all the most important thing I can do is support them and love them in the ways that I can in their process, you know, without trying to fix them, without trying to tell them that like, this would be better, that would be better because it doesn't help as much as we think it does. It really doesn't. Yeah. As much as we want people to tell us what to do all of the time. (laughs) Yes. And as much as we want to tell people what to do all of the time, like you said, because we can see it and you want to shake your best friends and you want to shake the people you love and you want to shake them and say, don't you see what I see? And and we want people to do us for that, for us as well. Like we want people to shake us sometimes and be like, just do this, just do this. But it really, like you said, it's, it has to happen on our own time. And there's also a part of us that finds a lot of safety and comfort and staying in what is hard <laughs> or like Absolutely. what is uncomfortable or what is sometimes scary and what is just the wrong situation because, you know, it, it could have something to do with our level of self-worth and mm-hmm. what we're feeling we deserve at a certain time. So I think moral of the story is it's hard to stay and it's hard to go, but you're going to make the choice that's right for you in the right time for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's true. It's beautiful. Um, I want to stick with this. I'm getting this like pull towards, I want to bring in money, but I'm getting this pull towards like the body image stuff with love and money almost being like similar energetics. A lot of it stemming from self-worth maybe. Mm Mm-hmm. 
I don't know if that Yeah, resonates. a lot of it. Yeah, I love that. A lot of it's stemming from self-worth and our culture, mm-hmm. right? Like we have yes. to we have to state what's there. You know, our culture, the patriarchal system that puts mm-hmm. women into a category based on how they look. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just having this conversation the other day, one of the circles that I'm in with women around that, like we don't judge men based on how they look as much as we judge women, you know? And what would it feel like as a woman to not be you know, judged or, or defined by how you look, how much you weigh, what, you know, how your face looks, like how your body looks, you know, and what if you were really evaluated based on who you are? And I mean, we've come a long way and, you know, that's still happening. That is still a thing. You know, there are people that are, you know, that look a certain way and that's how they get, you know, they get accepted in society versus some people that don't. And it's just ingrained, I think, from like a young, young age. And even I respect and applaud parents that are so aware of it and trying to, um, you know, make it so it's not something, you know, that, that children focus on. I see that with my nieces and I respect and applaud my brother and my sister-in-law is people that, you know, having seen what I've walked through, you know, to to raise them in a way where it's not, you know, looking at people and classifying them based on how they look. I think that's a big initial component, especially for children to say like, look at that person, they look like this, you know, like, or that person looks strange or different because of this. Um, and to just let that be an observation for children of like, oh, people do look different. They are different. And they still are going to be in the world, you know, with other children and in their own, you know, in different environments. And so they are still going to probably come up against their own, you know, battle with it. And the the body image, it's just, it it is so, you know, I think it's what brings women further down, you know, and it also creates this divide between women, you know, this really like competitive thing with women of critiquing other women in so many different ways, especially from the physical standpoint. Um, And you just don't see that as much with men, right? We like just don't see that as much. I definitely saw it in my corporate work environment. You know what I mean? I definitely experienced it. You know, I had a boss that told me like to not be so aggressive, to not like to control myself, you know, like not speak up as much and you don't have to, you know, talk like that. And, and, you know, it's like, but never saying that to, you know, the men I worked with. Um, So it's, it's definitely like something that still exists. And I think it's, I think it directly relates to the financial component for women because I, you know, women don't ask for what they really deserve. A lot of the time they feel this inadequacy of like, I don't deserve it. You know what I mean? Like they won't ask for more money or it's harder to say like, oh, I feel like I deserve more money, but I don't know how to ask for it. Or what if I don't deserve it? Or maybe this person does more than I do. Um, And so they just don't even have that conversation. And I think it's even more challenging for women in the entrepreneurial space because it's like women have that innate desire to help, you know, and to want to be compassionate with people and yet, and then they fall into that category of like never asking for money for anything, you know, and not being financially compensated and then feeling like they can't really do what they enjoy because they can't make a living off of it, you know? So there's that like double edge of like, how do you, 
find that middle ground. Um, and I think it, it really is that space of, for me at least, was understanding like where I've been telling myself certain things that just aren't true, you know, and, and, and those things are on repeat over and over and over again. And I have the choice. This is where the meditation comes in and the practice of meditation to observe those thoughts, to like write them out, to know what they are, and then to redirect them in the ways that I choose. And that takes time and discipline and practice. And it is possible and it's just challenging in the world we live in because unfortunately people don't have filters. That's another thing. Like people we interact with yeah. don't have filters and they just want to say whatever is on their mind. So a lot of the times we do get unsolicited comments that can be very triggering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And people don't have, um, there's a lot of things said on the internet that people wouldn't actually say in real life. <laughs> yes. 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a lot. I think there's a lot there. And I think it's, you know, I've, I've yet to meet a woman who, many men also, but I've yet to meet a woman who has not had some kind of journey, is still on some kind of journey with body dysmorphia, eating disorders, mm -hmm. body image in general. Um, it's, it's a deep, it's a deep wound and it's a yes, deep wound deep. for a lot of people. And it's funny, I, I was actually just speaking with a friend about this this morning. Like, I think what you said about, um, your friends and how they're raising their, their children to, to be more in like a space of like observing and just rather than pointing things out in a, in the way that you said, and I think that's great. And I think that a lot of these like deep wounds that many of us have are not on purpose. I think like, oh, no. in like, for, right. for example, I was talking for, with a friend this morning. Um, one of my like deep wounds, especially in dating is that I'm too big. <laughs> I'm, I'm five, seven. I'm not like six feet, but I'm like, a, I'm tall and I'm not like just a tiny, I'm not tiny, you know, like, but like for me, I was an 11 and a half pound baby. So the first thing people told me when I was born was she's so big. And, you know, and like that's nobody was like, she's like a humongous, like fat, like she needs to be small. Like, you know, it wasn't like a terrible, malicious thing. But those were the first energetic words that I was like taking on as a newborn, like into the world. And this is like a recent mm -hmm. discovery for me because I'm doing a lot of subconscious like hypnotherapy work. And when that like clicked with me one day, I was like, oh my gosh, like nobody really like, this wasn't like a pr like crazy, like malicious thing that happened to me, but it was something that I took on and just stayed stuck in my body for so long. Yeah. And I think that's, that's my experience and my little story, mm -hmm. but like everyone has their own experience, whether it was being made fun of on the bus for something, whether it was trying on pants that didn't fit and somebody laughing at you or a million different things. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that because it's really the idea that, you know, we're all doing the best we can with what we have available. Mm -hmm. And I don't believe that anything is malicious or like even, you know, when I think back with like 
my mom or maybe things she said, you know, or the way she acted with her body and she was doing the best she could, you know, and it's, we just don't know, you know, and even if you are like so hyper-conscious, right? Like, okay, I'm not going to say anything to my children. I'm going to be really aware and like, it might happen anyways, right? Right? Like, it's like, you can't control everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that what you just shared is really important um, because it's like, it requires us to do our own work. That's really the, the, what we're coming to here is that it's moving away from that place of, of blame and victimization of this was done to me. And I had to deal with this my whole life into the space of, okay, I'm aware this happened. And so now what is my choice to do with it? How can I choose to show up to that? Like every time in your example, you know, every time I go out and and date and do these things, am I going to have that idea or can I shift it and say like something else that's more positive and meaningful to me of who I really am and trust that? Yeah. And it, it allows you to take your power back too. like, we give our power away left and right in this world, whether it's to our doctor, our acupuncturist, our dentist, our best friend, like our mom, anybody. We, it is so easy to give our power away and to slip into that like victimhood mentality. And gosh, we see that all over the world. Like there's so many different groups of people playing the victim. And I don't even think it's intentional a lot of time. I think it's just, it's, it's easy and it feels like prideful or it feels exciting to like finally have an answer or to blame somebody or be like, well, this is the problem. And let's like rally around that. But like, I read right. something recently about um, some, I can't remember if I heard it somewhere or read it, but it was like, can you take accountability for everything in your life? Even like take accountability for like, you chose this life and the parents and the family that you chose for this lifetime. Like if you mm-hmm. take accountability for everything in your life, you get to take a lot of your own power back. Beautiful. That's so true. Yeah, yeah absolute responsibility for yourself. Yeah. And that's a practice to mm-hmm. undertake that, to say like, I choose this. I yeah. choose all of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a choice that I'm choosing and I'm taking responsibility and I'm not outsourcing my power. Yeah. And, and you know, then you begin to see, like you said, all the ways in which I am outsourcing my power, like mm-hmm. all the ways in which I look to others for answers or approval or validation or trust or, you know what I mean, to tell me that I'm good enough. Like, yeah. how am I looking for all those ways? Is it through relationships, schooling, you know, my body, mm-hmm. how I look like, and, and, and then to say, like, if I took all that back and I made the decisions and I was the one that I got to check in with to say like, what do I want? What's most important to me? Mm -hmm. How does that feel? That's a different way of living. You know, that's a whole different ball game that you're walking into Mm -hmm. because it becomes, you know, you just like are able to soften these areas that you feel like are so important, like carry so much weight and they when you can when you can start to say like do they really like does it really matter like then it becomes you know your choice mm-hmm. yeah that's beautiful so you were in your corporate job you had just gotten into the yoga stuff mm-hmm. and you're ending this long-term relationship did all of that kind of coincide with yeah you? It did. It was interesting. You know, I ended my relationship and then I still was in my corporate job for 
think it was two years after that. Um, and I started my yoga teacher training, like in that, in that two year period, like a year after I came back, I think it was my second year, I ended up moving to Portsmouth, mm -hmm. um, to take a job in the office there. Um, and I did my yoga teacher training and I really wanted to, to, to build a community. That was my intention behind doing my yoga teacher training too, is I felt like I had done this yoga retreat and I started to meet people that we're living life differently. Like we're like having these conversations that I feel like I wanted to have and never had with anyone. Like, it's very interesting when I think about my life, sometimes it's like up until that point, I feel like the relationships I had, I knew within myself that I wanted something more, but I never could access it. Like I always felt like I didn't feel this like heart to heart, this soul connection that I now feel Mm -hmm. and so many different people that I've met now that I'm, you know, in a different place myself. But at that time, everything just felt so like transactional. Like mm -hmm. I felt like every relationship I have is just like this transaction. And I felt this loss within myself. Like I wasn't meeting people where I could open up. And that retreat was like my first experience with like 20 women that I never had met in my life where I was just like, oh my God, I'm having these conversations that are like feeding me in ways that I didn't even know I needed. Mm. Um, and then when I did my teacher training, I did my teacher training and then um, taught for a little bit. And then I ended up quitting my corporate job in 2018, 2017, December. And that 2018 was when I first came to Kauai. I bought a one-way ticket here. Wow. Um, to do travel, you know, to like travel and explore. And I just felt called to come here. And I'll fully admit, I was under the idea that like, I'm just gonna like leave and travel and like, I'm just gonna figure out my life. Like I'm gonna have this like magical aha, if I just like go travel because that's what people do on Instagram yeah. and like in the <laughs> world that are like, you know, they're like teaching yoga and traveling and just like living their best life. So I'm gonna do that, you know? And everyone's like, oh my God, it's so awesome. Like, mm -hmm. can't believe you're doing that. It's so great, mm -hmm. you know? And it was a beautiful experience. And I was like terrified the whole time. And I know I had some growth, but I also came back like, just as lost as when I left, if I'm honest, you know, like just as confused and just as like, what am I doing? Uh, what did I do? Like, do I really know? Yeah, it's great that I took this big risk and people think I'm great, but like, I'm still like have myself inside, mm -hmm. you know? And so it's like, it's, it's an interesting thought, you know, I just, I like to share that because I think people think of it as like, you know, taking this big trip or doing something is going to make this massive change. And I thought that too, until I did it and it was quite different. Yeah. I feel that whew, so deeply. I know we talked about it a little bit before um, we started recording and I, for so long, I, I was running from things, I think running from, I like how you, you, you say your home yourself. And like, I was personally trying to find home in so many different places. Like across the world, across the country, in a van. And I I told you earlier, it's like, I remember just like realizing that I had like the van of my dreams, the partner, the dog on the road, like we were in the desert, like had all of these things that I dreamed and like romanticized of. And just like, was like, when I have this, I'll be happy. Or like, when I have this, it'll all just fall into place and I'll, and I'll get it. But it's like, I remember having all of that and then being like, but wait, I'm still 
something's still missing. I'm still not happy. Like I'm still, something still isn't settled within me. And mm-hmm. I, I understand that feeling. Cause you, you think like people on Instagram are telling you your life looks beautiful and like you're hiking the coast or like you're doing whatever, like Hawaii is amazing and your life is so cool. And like that only that little like ego IV drip, like only feeds you for so long until you realize like, Oh shit. Who am I again? Again, the outward validation, right? It's like, if I'm tying myself to that, then it becomes like, well, what do I really want inside? Because Mm -hmm. I can feel that joy and that contentment anywhere in the world. You know what I mean? And it with nothing, with something, with someone, without someone, Mm -hmm. right? Like it's, it can be in, in each moment. Yeah. I can feel that in, in, in many different moments. And if I'm honest with myself, if I am really in that place and feeling that, then there isn't going to be, there is like a beautiful sacredness in what we're talking about in that feeling within yourself of true peace and harmony and um, joy, you know, within you. And that isn't something you can explain or put in a picture or post about. Like that feeling, what that is, is between you and yourself Mm -hmm. and it's fleeting. Yeah, It's moment to moment and it's not meant to be captured in those ways. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Okay. So you did your 2018 Hawaii trip and you came back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I came back here a couple of times. It's very interesting. When I first came here, I was like, I fell in love, you know, I definitely fell in love with this island and the energy. And I just felt like, it just felt like home to me. And um, it's interesting because I think we all do have that connection to different geography. Mm. You know, we land in places and, you know, our soul, I believe, you know, our soul might remember it from another lifetime. And that I think is where I was, you know, when I was here and also like, oh, I could never live here. It's too expensive. Like it's too far away. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to support myself? It's hard to find housing here. Like all the things. So Mm you know, my first time here, I was definitely in a different place of like, oh my God, I don't have enough money, like not eating like three meals a day because I was trying to like conserve my money, like trying to figure out what I was doing. And then I came back a second time because I made a connection with a yoga studio here to teach for like a month. And that was like more of just teaching and being here. And, you know, coming back this third time was an interesting experience too, because it was originally for a friend had reached out about, you know, about helping working with someone here um, that, you know, that situation didn't, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be, you know, it didn't work out the way as I thought it was. Um, But this time, you know, it was different for me. It was more of like a knowing of like, this opportunity isn't like, this isn't why I'm going. Mm. Like there's more that you don't know, you know, and I had to trust it. I had to really trust it because I knew that something was coming and it wasn't where I was physically in my current location in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. I just had that feeling and I just knew and people are like, well, how it's just like, it's just that knowing within yourself. And I knew I had to go somewhere else. And this came through, you know, as this came through as an option, a friend of mine, you know, so I said, that's really where I want to be. Um, you know, I don't know that I want to be doing what she's saying, but it's a way for me to to get over there and see if this is where I need to, like, what if this is going to work and I can always come back. Mm-hmm. So that was like where I ended up in 2021, in August of 2021, making that decision. I was debating about going 
out to New Mexico too at that time. Like I was in like two different spots of like, I'm going to go somewhere. Where is it going to be? I think that's such an important little nugget in there. Um, Like I can always go back. I think people um, overlook that sometimes. It's like, just because you start the new relationship doesn't mean you can end the relationship. Just because you move to the new city doesn't mean you can't move back from the new city. Just because right. you X, Y, and Z doesn't mean you can't step back um, and, and try again. Or just because you tried yeah. Kauai doesn't mean you couldn't go to New Mexico if it felt right. like the wrong thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it is a little comforting, especially if you're in that place of like having a hard time making that leap sometimes, you know? And it's like, start small too. That's a piece I always tell myself is like, it doesn't have to be a big thing. Like it can be a small thing. It can be like, I'm going to go. Like, I remember I did a road trip for a month by myself that fall. And I was just like, I want to see if I like this, like if I, if I like like these areas, what's it going to feel like, you know, like giving myself permission to just experiment and like not have any expectations. Like I have to do this or I have to do that. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. So when did the money aspect come into everything? Yeah, it's interesting. When I first got into like the yoga teaching and um, like decided, okay, I want, when I came back from my traveling was like, okay, maybe I want to try to be a yoga teacher and see if I can do that, you know? And I, I started to do it. And also like, in just talking to other yoga teachers and I was like, wow, there's like a definite disconnect between like the financial piece of like, how are you supporting yourself? Like, how do you know that you have enough money? Like, what does enough money look like to you? And I realized like over the course of my life and the work that I had done, and a lot of it is instilled from like my mom and her her corporate background and like the work that I did in, in corporate, like having these structures for myself and understanding like, just the basics of like, this is what I need. Like, this is what I value. This is why I put my money here. This is knowing how much money I do have. Like, I realized those things just didn't come easy to people. Like they weren't things that they thought about. And I think it goes back to what we already talked about with like a lot of women, you know, being taught early on, like not, or not being taught about money, you know, the lack of education around how to have financial awareness And so for me, that's how it began was like, wow, if I could help people gain some financial awareness so that they could continue to do this profession that they love or figure out how to do it in a way that they're not constantly running around trying to like chase after their own tail to make money. Mm -hmm. And that was really like where it started for me. And like, how can I, how can I start to, to bring what's like really innate and intuitive to me and just like something that comes easy to me into other people where it doesn't come easy. Cause I think that's where um, it's like, people have the desire. Like they were like, I want to know like why I'm always struggling with this or like why this is happening. But it's like, it was hard to get that their head around like the reasoning behind it, you know, and to really understand it and to find a solution that could help long-term, not just like a quick bandaid fix of like do this and then this, you know, like how can you start to heal really those deeper areas and figure out a system that's going to work for you long-term, like a unique plan for you. And that's really what I do now is like making sure people are accessing those innate skills within them that are there, like that they come, comes naturally to them and then moving it into a plan that is unique to them 
where they can use those skills and then also like access the things that are more challenging and formulate a way to make both work together so that money doesn't become something that they're scared of. It really becomes something that they can just integrate so seamlessly. And when things come up, they know, oh, that's what this is. You know what I mean? I'm having a hard time receiving. I need to like take a step back and look at that. And maybe we have a conversation, you know, because I know that's why I'm being blocked. I have a little block here. Yeah. What would you say? Do you see a common theme and why people are blocking themselves from receiving? Yes. I mean, I think the biggest thing is not feeling, not feeling worthy of it, Mm -hmm. you know, or guilt or shame around what they currently have or don't have. Mm -hmm. I think it's both sides. You know, I, I experience and have experience with clients, people that do have money, you know, and there's shame around that too. What if you do have resources? What if people are helping you? And so what, you know, what's wrong with that? If people are willing to support you, if you have support in your life and you have really great karma and you didn't choose that, you know, and so you're supposed to feel guilty about it. Like, I think there is this idea that we sometimes have to have this story that, you know, like coming up from nothing, like that's like a huge big thing. And I, and I'm not undermining people that do, I'm just saying like, there's space for both at the table, you know, like people can have shame and guilt when they don't, when they do have money and then they don't, you know, and people are judging them because like, oh, they just have money. So they don't have to do X, Y, and Z. And it's like, we don't know really either side of it. And I think people struggle on both sides of it and people can struggle when they do have money or resources or someone helping or supporting them they can still struggle at receiving and saying like, oh no, I want to do it all on my own. And really when you do that, you're just fighting against, you know, what is naturally happening. And so it just is like a, I don't know, it just creates more, I think of a, of a fight for you than like you need to have. Mm -hmm. It's so wild. It's almost just like we, I see this in myself that our own like perceived judgment of others that may not even be true like we perceive how somebody may, ju- may be judging us or how the world may be judging us or seeing us. And we allow that to like, I'll speak for myself, hold me back sometimes from doing the thing that I want to be doing or making the money that I want to be making because I'm like, well, what if somebody or receiving the money that I want to be receiving? Because it's like I have this perceived judgment of what other people might think of me. Think, right. Yeah. Which comes and it's huge. Like it's like once you start to unpack that and really look at it, it it does like it, it's almost like taking a giant exhale. You know, I, that's how I feel with with myself and with other people. It's like, oh, I don't have to like force this as much. You know what I mean? Like I don't have to keep like fighting this fight for what? You know, what if I just, you know, understand when I understand and have that clarity to say like you know, it's that question I ask people, like, how much money do you want to make, you know, and and to really understand what that is and why, like, oh, I want to make this much money, because these are the things I want to do. This is what's important to me. These are my priorities. And it's like, oh, then I don't have to be striving after something that I don't even know, because I see someone on like social media, or I see someone out in the world, it's like, I make six figures, great. Like, you don't need to make six figures to survive in the world. Like, I'm just going to put that out there. You don't like, it depends how you want to live your life. It depends what's important to you. It depends if you have help or you're receiving something, if you're in a partnership or you're, you know, someone's helping you. Like, 
again, nothing wrong with that. Like there's no judgment on either side, but it's really like you could be chasing after something that isn't actually your reality. Yes. Ooh, yes. And how many people have not ever even stopped to ask themselves that question? How much money do you want to make? Mm-hmm. A friend asked me a question this morning that like literally hit me in the core because I, I was, you know, ex externally like explaining all of these things on how other people were in my life and like how they were making me feel. And she just like looked me in the eyes and she was like, she was like, how do you see yourself? And I was like, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> that is a great question. And how I was seeing myself was not in alignment with how I was seeing myself right now was not in alignment with the version of myself that I wanted to be in that partnership that I was talking about or like see on my like beautiful plot of land with my garden and my river to go swimming in, you know? So it's like, Mm -hmm. how do you see yourself? How much money do you want to make? And is it in alignment with, like you said, the dream that you're actually chasing after? Right. Because it's only at the end of the day, you only answer to yourself. Yeah. You know, like what you want for you is not going to be the same as what someone else wants. Mm -hmm. And, you know, money is a component and it's so much of what people like talk about as a way of validating themselves as a way of proving that they've made it, especially in the business space, you know, especially in the entrepreneurial space, you know, let me show you how to make six figures. Let me show you how to you know, get to this outcome, to this result, to this arrival. And the reality is, is that it's actually, it's detrimental to have that mentality because you're constantly striving for something outside of yourself, some validation that you think when you get there, it's going to bring you something, you know, it's the same way with the body image, right? That number is going to bring me something like it's not, Yeah. you know, it's, it's having acceptance at each place and stage, you know, that you're at and saying, well, what do I actually want? And do I feel that now? Do I have components of that? Or if I don't, what are some small steps I can take to start to move myself in that direction? If that's where I want to go, or that's what I want to look at getting for myself. But it's always that I think continuous check-in with you to say like, it's like that question, like, is this my path or is this someone else's path? Yeah. Okay, I need to stay on my path, Mm -hmm. right? Like my path, right? Because every time someone comes in, it's like a sideways, like, oh, that's not my path. But that looks really good. You know, it looks enticing. It feels good. Like they seem like they're happy. You know what I mean? Like I saw what they used to be like. Now look at them now. They must be like doing something different. You know what I mean? And then here we go. You know, you're diverging into this place of like, maybe that's for me. Maybe that would make me feel good. Maybe I should try that. Gosh, yeah. And that is like the classic like Instagram spiral. When I, I realize that I have spent too much time on Instagram when I can look at like somebody living van life, like an artist out in Canada and like want like all of these different lives. And I have to like put my phone down and be like, whoa, Michaela, just step back. Like don't compare yourself to like all of these different lives that you could see for yourself. Of course. Of course you could see a million different lives for yourself. Like those, their lives look fun and great in their little boxes on their Instagram feed. But like, yeah, like you said, like, is it your path or is it somebody else's path? Mm -hmm. That's hard. Yeah. You know, because things look in like what we have, what we don't have looks enticing. Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. or it looks like it could be like we look at things and we're like oh that looks like that person it like has it all you know but it's a it's a question for you you know like do I really want that yeah you know do I really want that for myself and sometimes we don't know you know sometimes it's a matter of like I think I want that I try it I don't really want it you know right like we have to do that we have but I think we have to have our own experience in it to know that difference really clear within ourselves that's that's the key is like if you choose to do something it's you having your experience to come back to and your trust and your intuition to say this is why i'm not choosing it it's not based on like oh they said i shouldn't do it or you know it's based on you yeah did you have pushback from anyone when you were moving to hawaii Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's far, you know, my family, of course, it's more like, I think they're just sad, like that I'm far away and, um, you know, like, what are you doing? You know? And, um, it's interesting. I will share this cause I think it's funny, you know, my is sharing, I had shared with my family so much, you know, about how I wanted to find someone, you know, and wanted to get married and wanted to have this partnership. And I remember my dad said to me, well, you're going to an island that's like smaller than anywhere. Like, do you really think you're going to meet someone there? Like, it's just decreasing your odds. And I was like, (laughs) okay, you know, and like, you know, and it only takes one person, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and, but it's those things, you know, like the pushback of any, you know, he wasn't saying it to be, you know, mean or anything even now like he's like I never said that but it's (laughs) it is that like feeling of like people you know just thinking maybe maybe I was confused you know it's like you can't keep running to different places or trying different things and it's like I'm the only one that knows for myself you know and sometimes you know I don't know it's like these moments where I don't know how things are going to happen like I remember being here and like I said I was in a situation before that was not ideal. And it was like, I, it was in November. And I was like, I don't like, I don't want to be here anymore, like in this situation. And I don't know where what's going to happen. Like, I don't know how I'm going to find another place to live. I don't know what to do. And I remember, you know, like, one of my really close mentors, she asked me that question of like, do you feel like you still need to be there? Like within yourself? Like, does this feel like the right place for you? And it was like an immediate, like, yes, like, I feel like I need to, like, I, this is where I need to be. I don't, but nothing feels, nothing looks right. Like on the outside, it's like, but I have, I don't know what's going to happen. And like, that was for me, like the trusting of like making that clear decision with myself, I think is really important when we're in that place of wavering, you know, of being like, I don't know if I should be here, but we really do know, you know, and we go into that back and forth that challenges, like, what can happen? It's like that adamant, like, I was like, no, I need to be here. And the next day I was able to find a place to live. Like, and I don't believe in like, you know, I've had a hard time believing in like, you know, the universe manifestation. I'm not, you know, I'm not making light of any of that, but I'm just saying I am really a practical person. And for me, even with a spiritual practice, I still have a hard time with just that, like, oh, just manifest it and it comes, you know, I think there's like, that's a whole nother conversation, but it's like, it wasn't like I say that, that story, not as something to say like, oh yeah, it just fell into place. But it was more like, I think that innate trusting in myself to make the decision and to not be wavering, to not be like, well, I sort of don't know if I want to stay, but maybe I do. 
Yeah. Well, I think that's, as you're saying that out loud, it's like, and maybe you already know this about yourself, but like, that's like your superpower is to like be in the manifestation, like spirituality, this esoteric world and do the work that you do, but also like have that like structure and that ability to like do the systems and the money and the finances. And, you know, like that is your superpower to like have both of those and like to merge those, those worlds and like help people and guide people in that and that's that's so that's so beautiful it's it's I don't think a lot of people are merging the money slash business with the spirituality and the Mm -hmm. like that manifestation kind of world and it's cool to see and yeah I I wonder for you do you feel like the I keep like having these three things together, like the body stuff, because that's where we like started. And there's so much self-worth in that and the validation piece So like body and like money and like love and partnership, just like they're, I, I almost see them just like all like coming together. Like they merge together in like the same like energetic. Does that like resonate yeah. for you? Yeah, it does. And thank you for saying what you did. You know, it is really, um, it's beautiful. You know, I appreciate that. So thank you. It's yeah. nice to be witnessed, you know, and to, to have, and so I just want to receive that yeah. and say, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel like that for me, that integration. And I think the biggest thing that I think of in all of that is my trust and hope in the possibility of it happening. Yeah. You know, it makes me a little emotional because it's like, I had such a hard time trusting that it was possible in the ways that I wanted it to be possible. And at times it was someone else holding hope for me and knowing that like, no, this is what I feel in my heart and it's, it's not happening in the ways that I want it to happen. And so continuing to stay in that space of like, of real deep trust and patience for my process and my way to unfold. Um, And then it wouldn't look like someone else. And so I couldn't have these comparative spaces to say, when this happens, this will happen, you know, or this is going to happen and this is going to happen. But just really trusting within myself of like, okay, these, this is what I want. This is what my heart wants more than anything. And how is it going to happen? You know, how is it going to happen? And, and when will it happen? And how, how will I know, you know, like, how will I know that it's right? You know, and those, all those questions, like, and I think when you start down your own path and when you're on your path in general, it's really, it's your own practice and in those spaces of patience and your own self-awareness. And like we talked about your own stillness and meditation. And there are so many moments in life where nothing's happening. And it's like, can you be okay with the not doing just as much as the doing? Like everything is, is a wave and a cycle. And sometimes things aren't happening and that's years you know, it's not a moment. It could be years where you're like, what am I doing? I just keep doing the same things. And like, yeah, I'm like supporting myself and I'm doing these things. And I just feel like the world is just like, what's going, like, I was constantly in that place of like, what's my purpose? Like, where am I going? Like what's happening? And it's like, 
just just having that trust in that space of like slowing down and listening and being okay with the not doing and the not happening. Mm, patience, patience. Mm. So you moved to Hawaii and are you open to sharing how you met your husband? Yeah, absolutely. I would, I would love to. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Bobby and I met, um, we, I, I just, I actually, it's, it's interesting. I was listening to myself, like of my intuition I had done, you know, I had dated for a long time and I had done tons of online dating. And when I came here, I was like, it was really clear inside me, like, do not go online, like mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like do not go online. And I wasn't, I was working for someone living with her and I was, I just wasn't like, I, I knew like one person, one of my closer friends that had asked me to come here. And so I, you know, was like, she was working in a restaurant and I was like, okay, like maybe I should work there, you know, like, because it's like socialization. Like I don't, I haven't worked in a restaurant since I was 16. So I was like, you know, like, it'll just be fun socialization. And I checked in with myself and it was like a real clear, like, just go work there. Like you need, like, just work there. So I started working there in like October and like, and he works there. So like we, we met, but we didn't um, actually go on our first date until January of 2022. Um, We went on a hike together. So it was interesting because like when I first started working there, it was, it was, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed the socialization and like meeting people, but I was also like, in my mind, I was like, oh, I thought I was going to meet someone here. And like, I didn't, you know, like that was like in the back of my mind. I was like, oh, but I don't know, like no one's like interesting here. And like, what am I doing? You know? And like, and just, you know, again, that trust and that patience and like, okay, like just not knowing, you know, when things could happen and how they could happen. And so it was definitely like a, an unexpected, you know, we went on a hike just as like, okay, this person's nice. And like he, and honestly, like, and I, we joke about this, but I was like, I, I wanted to go hiking. And I was like, I was actually like paying someone to take me hiking this guy like before. Cause I was like, wanted to do these like challenging hikes. And I was like, I don't know anyone. I was yeah. like, oh, he knows like all these trails. And like, he was saying like, that's the only reason that, that I dated him, but it's not true. Um, <laughs> but he was able to, cause he's has lived here like six years. So he knew, he does know a lot of the Island, but um, so he, we did, we went on a hike and yeah, it just, I I think I knew very early on, you know, and I was also terrified very early on because it was like the idea um, of like, okay, if this is like what you've been wanting and like all of these things um, and maybe it doesn't look exactly as you thought, you know what I mean? Where are the pieces that you can start to unpack on your own? And that was a lot of like work that I had to do within myself to say like, where am I blocking myself? Where am I you know, going back into old relationships or patterns and trying to put them into this and like, you know, being really honest with myself. And, and I, and I did that because I knew that, you know, it was time for me to really like step into what it is that I wanted. Do you think it was like part of you? Cause you know, as we get older, right? Like when you're like 21, 22, 25 or whatever, like there's the part of you that's like, well, I just have so much time. I can do whatever. Do you think there's a part of you once you hit your 30s where you're just like, no, I got to I got to like do this work now. Like I got to figure this out. Like I can't like bypass this work or like the stuff that's coming up for me. Or do you think it's just kind of like. Is just like seamless and like divine timing. I think for me, like I made a conscious choice to want to unpack and do this work. Like I was really like, 
I'm doing this, you know what I mean? And I'm, and I'm like, you know, I feel like I, I have this, like, I don't know this like desire within myself to understand consciousness and like our consciousness and people in general on like a deeper layer. Um, and I'm constantly like wanting, like almost like gripping for it of like, well, why, why am I doing this? Like, why do people do this? Why are people like unhappy or why? Have I... And so I'm constantly like asking questions. And I feel like that was just, you know, when I did my yoga teacher training, I think that was like the catalyst for me of like, oh, wow. Like I've never looked at things this way. Let me look at all. Like, and I, and I wanted to do, like, I, I was really, it was for me, you know, and me alone. And I feel like as I did this work, I knew in my heart that I would not settle for anything less than what was like the right, exactly meeting me on the levels that I needed to be met. Like I just yeah. knew, you know, and, and if that meant that I wasn't going to meet someone till I was, you know, older or, or not at all, or in, you know, you know, or, or meeting people in, in certain moments that were meeting me for certain things like that was okay. But I just knew that if I was going to go all in, that it had to be someone that was able to meet me in the ways that I had brought myself to, um, because they had brought themselves to their own path and their own journey um, and coming together. You know, we, we, it, it is, it is timing for sure. Like, I think if we, if we had met each other, like five years ago, no, you know, even like maybe a year ago, you know, like it probably wouldn't have, have worked. So like, I feel like the timing for both of us, we, we have said that is like, has been like, you know, everything. Yeah. I love that. Um, okay. I know we should really wrap it up here, but I just wanted to kind of bring it full circle with this idea of, of like the home, this like home and self and your concept of who you are, like yourself and in, in your core and, and unrelated to business, but then the importance of like merging, but also keeping separate, like who you are out of your business, but then who you are in your business. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love that question because for me, there is this like deep sacredness of who I am to myself my own sovereignty of who I am to myself that is for no one else. I would say not even, you know, my partnership, you know, it's like, it's who I, who I am with me and myself. And I, and I get that with myself. Like I get those private moments and I have those, those sacred times and I always will, I'll always have myself. Yeah. Um, and there is this, this understanding of who I am and then there is this, how I choose to integrate that into the world. And for me, you know, integrity is everything, you know, how I choose to show up, how I choose to speak and interact with people and to make sure that that is, is in, in truth to who I am, even when it hurts, like even when it's painful, even when it's not what other people want or are expecting to hear or, you know, so staying that, staying that line, but I also think keeping that sacredness and those things that are most private to you in the ways that you need to is not being not an integrity is not being like being an in integrity doesn't mean that you have to 
like essentially like vomit up your entire life, every single moment, every single personal experience to the world, it means you get to choose how you want to share that. And I think, you know, part of that is, is knowing yourself. Like I always feel like I come home to me first and I have the conversation of around anything, whether it's business in my life and relationships. And, and I see, and I have that conversation with me first, because once I start to bring in other elements, it can't help but lose that sacredness. It, it just, it's just the reality of the situation. So if I know for me first, then I can have those conversations and I can have that discernment and I can come back in and I can say, okay, but I know at my core that this is what, you know, this is, this is mine and this is for me. And so then it becomes, is this like a more challenging conversation? Is this like me, like speaking my truth? Is this me being respectful of someone, you know, and maybe not saying like exactly how I feel because it's not the intention of harming someone or hurting someone. Right. Like there's, I think there's so many layers to that, but that place um, is really where peace is in the self because there isn't any trying to be something over here or over there or like trying to figure something out. It's like, I already know. So if I just sit with that in myself and trust it, it's still, I can still have these challenging interactions and things, but it's, it's all about me knowing that within myself. That's beautiful. I had written down earlier, you had said something about like relationships in the past feeling transactional and then going for this, like the, the theme has just been like sacred. This word sacred just like keeps Mm -hmm. coming. And I feel like transactional is such a funny word because it's almost like a business and like money term too. Financial term, right? Yeah. (laughs) Transactional. Yeah. Such a financial term. So going from like having these like maybe like relationships and like being in the corporate world and so much of it feeling transactional which can feel kind of just like on a on like detached in some ways or almost like we're 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 serving like a detached like role to like now everything like even before we chatted you talked about like your wedding ceremony feeling sacred like being sacred like at home and who you are and bringing that sacredness like through the work that you're doing and I just I just I just loved that little like going from the transactional to sacredness of of it all really just like coming full circle in that yeah yeah it is it's such a beautiful way to live you know and to see life in that way and to I think it's challenging because like we've said this I think through our conversation it's like within that sacredness and, and having those that way of like moving through the world, you don't always get exactly like what you think you want, you know? So I will say like, maybe I don't have, like sometimes I feel this like deeper loneliness or moments of sadness or darkness. And it's like that too has its own sacredness to it, Mm. you know? So just honoring it all essentially, like it's, it doesn't, it's not gonna look like how you might've thought it would look. You know, it could look totally different. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I've really, really loved this conversation. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Thank you so much. It's been such a gift oh. to share in this space with you. And I have so much respect for you and in, in your work, like who you are, how you show up. I know that you share in some of these practices and you 
are someone that is really living your truth and figuring it out and taking the time to do the work. And I can see that and feel it. And it's not easy. It's like, it's a messy, messy way to be in the world. And you're, you're definitely doing it and like navigating it and trying to figure it out. Thank you. I will receive that. I will receive that as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, Last two, just fun questions. Do you know your sun, moon and rising signs? I do. I'm a Pisces. Okay. And I am a double Aries. All right. Okay. (laughs) So I am a double fire all in all, all the way through. Um, (laughs) But I am very much like the Pisces, like indecisive water, loving the water, loving like just, you know, being like, I don't know, like maybe. And, um, but I definitely have that fire that makes me like, get shit done, yeah. you know? And I know that's why, like, I'm able to, like, you know, you talked about that, like, the practical, you know, yeah. and the spiritual. It's, like, I love having that Pisces piece because I do, like, connect so much with my intuition and my knowing. I've been meeting a lot of great yeah. Pisces lately. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm, <laughs> I was surprised you don't have any, like, Capricorn or Virgo in there. I really don't, you know, I have a, I don't have that much Virgo, which is interesting. Oh. And I think I, I had my chart, I'm like sort of familiar with my chart. So I know like, um, I have a lot of water in my chart, a lot yeah. of water. Well, good thing you're on an yeah. island. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. All right. Last quick question. What does finding wilder mean to you? Mm, I love that question. And what comes to me is just being in your heart like having your heart totally open and trusting yourself Mm. again and again and again and surrendering to the magic that comes from that. Perfect. You know, the sacredness that comes from that. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Where can people find you if they want to connect? And you also have your podcast too. I do. Yeah. I have a podcast and I love podcasts. My podcast is called untapped power um, and it's conversations with people in the yoga community, um, yoga teachers, people that are, have a spiritual practice, how they're integrating yoga into the business space. And I do some solo episodes related to business. Um, so if you're interested, check that out. Um, and I have a free community with that. It's untappedpower.net that people can sign up for. And that's just a way to stay connected. We have some resources in there to um, access and then uh, you can go to my website, amandastroni.com, if you want to or are interested in in one-to-one coaching is what I'm primarily doing right now, um, if that's of interest to you. And then I do have a an online course that's self-paced. It's called Spiritual Money Mindset. And it's actually a really wonderful course if you're just getting into like those beliefs and your relationship to money and you want to like understand like what's going on here. I want to start to unpack this. It's... Um, it's a great opportunity to purchase that and then you can take it at your own pace. And that comes with like a free call with me as well when you're done. So we can dive into things that are coming up and then I'm on Instagram too, a, a, a Stroni and then Facebook and social media. I'm not on social. I mean, I post, but I'm not like super active, but if you want to follow me, go for it. I, I do post some beautiful pictures from Kauai. (laughs) (laughs) That's incentive enough. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Perfect. I will link all of that below. Thank you, Michaela. It's, It's really been an honor. So thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. 
Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of Finding Wilder. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you did, it would mean the world if you leave a review or if you share the podcast episode somewhere in the socials because that's how the world flies these days. Thank you again for being here. If you want to find more about me, my website is michaelajean.com, M-I-C-A-Y-L-A-J-E-A-N.com. Find me at michaela.jean on Instagram. I have an account with daily channeled messages called Wilder Daily, also on Instagram. And you can find more information about my wedding photography at Photography, also on Instagram. I hope you have the best dang day and we'll see you next time. Bye.